I host two podcasts, this one, The Overwhelmed Brain, which is all about navigating the many challenges that can show up in our lives, and Love and Abuse, which is about how to navigate difficult relationships. You know, relationships, the bigger challenges in our lives. Check out that show over at loveandabuse.com. Welcome to The Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction than I normally go and I'm going to read you some of the thread from uh, the Facebook group, the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment Group, I call it. It's a mouthful. You can find it on Facebook if you just look for The Overwhelmed Brain. You'll see that group is there and you're welcome to join it. But we have great conversations in there, sometimes deep conversations in there. And I decided to ask the question, what's one thing you've learned that changed your life for the better? I wanted to know. I wanted to know what's something that you learned in your life that changed your life? And I got a lot of great answers, a lot of great answers. And it, it's helpful to know what changed someone's life because it gives you an idea of what could possibly change yours if you want it to change. Uh, for me, I wasn't always happy. I acted happy. I showed up and put a smile on all the time. But I always had this underlying, I don't know what it was, anger, resentment because I was such a people pleaser. So no one could ever meet my standards because I would people please them, but I would never get the reciprocation that I wanted. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be loved. I wanted the attention. I, I had a dysfunctional past. If you've never heard me before, but that's my life. That's my past. And, uh, I didn't like that feeling. I carried that around with me for a long time. And I'm going to share with you what changed my life in a bit, but I'm going to go through this little thread that we went through in uh, Facebook and just tell you what people said and give you my comments on it and uh, see where we go with it. But um, the question again is, what's one thing that, you, that you've learned that changed your life for the better? First answer, first reply was, what it means to be codependent. That's a great answer. It's a great direction to take. I look at um, codependency as depending on each other's dysfunction. <laughs> it's like you're two dysfunctional people depending on each other and feeding into that dysfunction. I, I've defined this differently at different times, but it really does come down to when you are dependent on someone, either dysfunctionally so or in a way that is toxic. Sometimes you just are in a relationship that requires dysfunction in order to function. That's a terrible way to put it because it shouldn't require dysfunction in order to function. It should require love and connection and honesty and respect and all that good stuff. 
but some relationships seem to require dysfunction in order to function. And I've seen this happen where finally one person addresses their dysfunction. There's usually a primary dysfunctional person along with a secondary dysfunctional person. Not always, but you know, usually, sometimes, I guess. And uh, what you end up with is the primary dysfunctional person, if they decide to change, if they realize, oh, I don't like being a rescuer all the time. I'm ignoring or I'm neglecting my own wants and needs here, just like the people pleaser who might change, the rescuer, the fixer. I'm neglecting myself and I need to not do that. I need to take care of myself. As soon as that person changes and the other person doesn't experience that anymore, the relationship can end. That doesn't mean it was reliant, like the other person was reliant on their people pleasing. It probably drove them crazy or rescuing or fixing because that's what often what happens is that a people pleaser or a rescuer or a fixer will drive someone crazy because they just, they don't leave them alone. But anyway, the whole idea is when someone stops being dysfunctional in a relationship, the relationship can end. It can break up. It can stop. Because it was reliant on the dysfunction. And sometimes it can get a whole lot better. Either way, it's good to not rely on the dysfunction because usually in a dysfunctional relationship, a codependent relationship, both people aren't happy. There's a, an attempt at happiness, but both people are usually not happy. So it's always good for one person to step back and say, okay, I'm not going to do this behavior anymore. And I'm not going to get into the totality of codependence. I actually created an episode a while back on codependence and I'll talk about it again in the future, but I wanted to address that because that was the first answer and I can't take too much time on every answer. There's a lot here. So I'm going to go to the next one. This person wrote the answer to the question. What's one thing you've learned that changed your life for the better? They put grieving a, I think they mean loving, loving relationship for what I wanted it to be, accepting what it is in order to decide what I need in that relationship and what I need to change for myself. These are fantastic. I mean, this is just gold, golden nuggets in this show today because grieving a loving relationship for what, what I wanted it to be, that is choosing to accept that it didn't work. And understanding what it could have been, it will never be. And when you have someone in your life and it doesn't work the way you want it to work and you end up breaking up, that is like a death. It's like a death. And that's what this person, at least this is my interpretation. It's grieving the death of the relationship that you thought you could have had. And I think grieving uh, the end of a relationship is important. I think you do have to go through the stages of grieving when you lose somebody or a relationship that you love with somebody that you thought you were going to spend all your time with. There is a grieving process, I believe, that we need to go through so that we can experience the, the loss and get it out of our system. Because if we don't get it out of our system, we stay ruminating, we stay obsessed. We don't want to do that. And so uh, this person wrote accepting what it is in order to decide what I need in that relationship and what I need to change for myself. Really, really good 
good way to put it. So thank you for sharing that. Everyone, thank you for sharing all of these. I didn't ask their permission <laughs> to, to read these on the air, but I'm not reading their names and I'm going to leave out very specific details. So no one will know it's you, but I think everyone needs to hear this. Next person said, um, how to say no. How important is that? How to say no. Talk about people pleasing and codependence. I used to say yes to everything. Now I've learned to say no and it feels so damn good. It feels really good. It's hard at first, but it feels really good. Because when you start honoring yourself, you are telling yourself that you are worthy of honoring. You are valuable. You are worthy in general. You are lovable. You are saying yes to yourself when you say no to someone else. And how good does it feel to say yes to yourself with something that you want? <laughs> something that you really want in your life or really care about, really value to say yes. So how to say no? Great. Good one. The next one has some details in it that I'm going to leave out most of it and just say what they said changed their life is learning that other people's decisions are theirs. It's their choice. And more specifically, they were saying that this other person didn't want them to end the relationship, otherwise they'd hurt themselves. That is such a very difficult situation. And uh, this person learned, it's not my responsibility. Your choice to do what you want to do are your choices. And to be able to let go of taking responsibility for someone else's choices is vital to personal empowerment, to feel good about yourself, to say yes to yourself. In fact, I have an episode in Love and Abuse over at loveandabuse.com on the person who threatens suicide if you leave them. So if you ever have to deal with that or you've dealt with it or you're dealing with it now, go over to loveandabuse.com and look for the word suicide or suicidal. I forget what I call it, but you'll find it. And it is, it's a very important episode if you don't know what to do if somebody's doing that to you. So congratulations for this person who said, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I'm taking my own path. I'm going to take responsibility for myself and they have to take responsibility for themselves. There's nothing I can do about it. That's a very strong, courageous path to take. So thank you for sharing that. And uh, the next one is, it's okay to say what's important to you. Speak up for yourself and your feelings and thoughts matter. No doubt. Absolutely. Speak up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Your feelings and your thoughts matter. Man, if you learn that, if you take that to heart and you value yourself that much, it's almost like saying, hey, self, hey, Paul, I respect you. And because I respect you, I'm going to treat you this way. I mean, this is sort of a personal perspective. This is how I see myself. Hey, Paul, I respect you. So I'm not going to put you in a position that compromises that. I'm not going to make you feel bad. I'm not going to put you in any uh, terrible situations, or at least I'm going to try not to. And if you're in a terrible situation, I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to make sure we get through this together. This is me talking to me, but this is what this person's saying. It's okay to say what's important to you and speak up for yourself because your feelings and thoughts matter. Now, they're talking about 
a little bit about uh, confrontation. It's okay to be confrontational when necessary. They didn't say confrontational, but that's how I saw it. I see it right now because I always had a fear of confrontation growing up. I never wanted to be confrontational until I decided one day to not be confrontational, but say what was on my mind, like they said, because I felt it was the right thing to do. And when I did that, man, did it feel like I was totally in alignment with who I was at the deepest level. It was scary, but it felt really good. And it's um, it's something that I said down the line here. I have these other replies that I'm going to read you in a moment, but this is very similar to my personal thoughts on what changed my life. And I'll get to that in a moment. This next person wrote, setting boundaries with people is not only okay, but necessary. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, because some people don't know your boundaries until you tell them. Or they know your boundaries, but they violate them anyway. Then what do you do? There has to be consequences. There has to be accountability. If you violate my boundaries, there will be a consequence. I'm not telling you this, but I'm saying this in general. If you're someone who's working on your personal boundaries, you have to kind of say that to yourself. If that person violates my boundaries, this will be the consequence. Without consequence, there is no learning. They will not learn and they will do it again. People who don't have a consequence to violating your boundaries will violate your boundaries again. So that's a good one. Setting boundaries with people is not only okay, but necessary. In fact, I think that's mine. I'm going to scroll down to mine here. What did I say? Oh yeah, there it is. I said, uh, like has been said in a few ways in this thread already, standing up for myself doesn't mean I'm standing up against someone else. So Yes, we had one that said um, standing up for yourself, absolutely. And we had one that said boundaries. And I put those in the same category. What changed my life was learning that standing up for myself, speaking up for me, isn't about doing something against someone else. It's about honoring myself. It's about doing something for me. It is saying yes to me. And once I made that transition of understanding that it wasn't about being confrontational, but being self-supportive, self-respecting, self-loving, it changed my life. It was no longer about, I'm scared about what they're going to say or do. It was more about, I need to do this for me. And I've learned that I'm okay with the consequences of standing up for myself. We shouldn't even have to think that way. We shouldn't have to think about the consequences of honoring ourselves or saying what's on our mind. We should only have to think about what um, we need to do for ourselves at the time we need to do it. I need to do this for myself. I need to honor myself. I need to protect myself. I need to stand up for myself. So it sounds like it's a common theme in this thread. I, I haven't read these over and over again to memorize them. So I'm just sharing my thoughts as we go. So let's go to the next one, which is learning to love myself. Perfect. Perfect little segue there. Absolutely. Learning to love myself. What does it mean to love yourself? You know, I define love as honoring 
another person's path to happiness, even if you don't agree with that path. How would you apply that to yourself? I want to honor my path to happiness, even if I disagree with my own path. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> but I am going to respect myself. I am going to stand up for myself. I am going to honor my boundaries. And this is where it might uh, be a little scary for some people. I'm going to do all of this at risk. And this is how I see self-love is that we stand up for ourselves. We honor ourselves. We take care of ourselves at the risk that it won't please others. And that's the challenge, right? We don't want to upset people. We want to try to keep the peace. You know, a lot of us, I definitely want to keep the peace. I don't want people being upset, but um, sometimes we have to love ourselves at the risk of not pleasing someone else and maybe even upsetting them and maybe even losing a close friend, a close family member, but the way I see it, people who love you, people who support you, they will honor you honoring yourself. They will love when you love yourself. Because if you're happy, they're happy. Healthy, functional people want that for you. Unhealthy, dysfunctional, and sometimes toxic. Those kinds of people don't want you honoring yourself. They want to control you. They want to manipulate you. They want you where they want you so that their life is easier and happier. And if you don't do what they do, they'll make your life harder. You know, I'm not talking about every dysfunctional person or every toxic person, but that's usually what happens. When you have a dysfunctional, toxic person in your life, they want to control your life. They want to tell you what to think and what to do often. So hopefully you don't have anybody like that in your life. But if you do, keep listening to this list. I mean, this is... A very empowering list. I'm going to go on to the next one, which is uh, learning to let go. This is what changed this person's life. They learned to let go. That is a loaded comment right there. Let go of what? Doesn't matter. I think when we have attachments, emotional attachments, and we have trouble letting them go when they're not in our lives anymore, and we get a negative feeling about it, like, I, I feel awful every time I think about that, or I feel angry every time I think about that. It's sort of a forgiveness process, though I talk about forgiveness in other episodes, and forgiveness isn't necessarily seeking it or forgiving someone else in my personal viewpoint. Forgiveness is forgiving yourself a break for how you showed up back then. And in fact, I think somebody else, yeah, somebody else said that to me in another thread. It wasn't in this one, but... Uh, they said, I really appreciated when you said that because that helps me let go. It helps me let go. It helps me move on. I'm going to give myself a break or forgive myself a break. I put that little creative spin on it. Uh, it's memorable. And uh, when I say that, I'm going to forgive myself a break for how I showed up back then because I'm maybe blaming myself for how I showed up and saying things about myself. I'm putting myself down. I should have done better. I shouldn't have fallen for their lies or their deception. Sometimes we blame ourselves when somebody else did something to us, which is why I say, forgive yourself. That's where forgiveness is. And forgive yourself a break because you didn't know then what you know now. And there's no way you could have made better decisions because you didn't know. And now you know. 
So that wasn't who you are today. That was who you were. So forgive yourself. Forgive yourself a break. You can move on from this. And this person said they learned to let go. And I don't know if they thought all of those words that I just spoke, but they've learned. They learned to let go, and that's important. And um, forgiving is one way to do it, at least in the way I explained it, in my opinion. Another person wrote, pain is a part of life and hiding from it is a waste of time. I can either hurt from sitting still and rotting while preventing possible or injury or possible injury, or I can hurt from moving and growing, risking being injured. Oh, right in alignment with what we just talked about. And they said, I'm not done yet. I'm not done growing and I'm not done discovering and learning. Well said, beautiful I love the way they put it. Pain is a part of life. Absolutely. That's like a Buddhist concept. Life is suffering. I don't like that Buddhist concept. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't want there to be suffering. But I look at the suffering I've done in my life and realize, wow, without that suffering, where would I be today? What would I have learned? Without that suffering, I wouldn't be with this wonderful person I'm with today. I wouldn't be in this wonderful position I'm in today. And some people might be listening saying, I'm in the worst position possible. I am suffering. And you're going to learn. You're going to take what you're learning now into the future, into something better. But what does that require? That might require honoring yourself. That might require standing up for yourself. That might require taking steps at a risk. Just like what this person said. I can either hurt from sitting still and rotting while preventing possible injury, or I can hurt from moving and growing, risking being injured, but at least I'm going in the right direction. They didn't say that part, but I'm saying this part. It's forward momentum. And growth does often require some pain. Growth requires some pain. I don't like it either. <laughs> but that's how it is. And some of the most painful stuff in my life has given me some of the most amazing gifts. And that's how I see them. And that's sometimes what you need to do. You see these, these painful events in your life and call them gifts. They may not be gifts. I know some things are absolutely not seen as gifts, but a lot of the stuff that happens to us can be seen as a gift so that we can learn from them and improve our lives. Because that's what gifts do. They improve our lives. or well, at least that's what they're supposed to do. All right. The next one is I have the final say for my life. No one else can make my decisions for me. I get to choose and the final choice rests with me. <laughs> that is conviction right there. That is somebody standing up saying, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to do. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. There's nothing like, well, they don't say I'm sorry. I'm saying I'm sorry. They probably say TS, <laughs> tough stuff. You're not going to stop me from what I want to do. So I'm making some assumptions here about how they're coming across. But to me, that sounds very, very empowering. The, the way they're saying it sounds like somebody who knows what they want. And um, I'm just going to fill in some gaps here and say, you know what? If you love me, you'll honor me doing this. And I'm going to love you right back. Because people who honor you, honoring yourself, are the kind of people that you want to be around. And so this person says, look, I have the final say for my life. You can't tell me what to do. You can't make decisions for me. I get to choose and the final choice rests with me. That's conviction. I don't care what you think. This is what I'm going to do. 
or maybe you do care, but it's a, a very much, I love myself this much. <laughs> and this is what I'm going to do. And I fill in the, the blanks that maybe they believe or not, but my belief is that uh, when you do that, it's like honoring yourself with love for others. Again, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's where they are, but this is where I go with it. You stand up for yourself, you honor yourself, and you can also love others while you do it. You know what? I love you, and this is what I'm going to do. It's not against you. It's for me. So I love that one. Thank you for sharing that. Next one is, I learn to apologize even when it's hard, to take responsibility and to accept other people's feelings as their own and not mine. I'm still learning how to say no. <laughs> so yes, learn to apologize. That's a huge one. That was a huge one for me because when you apologize, I mean, this is what I do when my fiance Asha and I are having an argument. If we have an argument, thankfully rare, but it happens, apologizing is a way to show that you actually care. <laughs> it's a way to show that you don't want there to be any tension between you. You don't want there to be this big elephant in the room between you. And you are willing to take responsibility for what you said and what you did. And apologizing says, I am giving you my heart. I am letting you hold my heart in your hand. I am humbly kneeling before you and sharing my very vulnerable thoughts and emotions. And doing that gives them an opportunity to do the same thing or stay angry or upset or whatever. But what you're doing is letting them know that you care and that you didn't mean harm or if you did, you either way you regret it and you don't want to cause harm to them. You don't want them to feel bad. You don't want them to walk away believing that you believe that they're a bad person. It's really taking a huge step into vulnerability, which shows the other person that you care about the relationship enough to be vulnerable with them, which gives them, quite frankly, an opportunity to attack you back. If you apologize to someone, it's their opportunity to either attack, apologize back, accept your apology, forgive you, or ignore it or whatever. It's open season. Anything could happen. <laughs> Anything could happen, which is why apologies are so damn scary. But when you start doing it, you give a relationship the opportunity to strengthen. I'm so sorry about what I said. I shouldn't have said that. And I was wrong. That's it. When you apologize, this is something I, I want to make sure I get across. Don't look for forgiveness. Just apologize. Put the ball in their court. Tell them how you feel. Tell them that you, you know, you did wrong or whatever. And you want to express that to them. And don't ask for forgiveness. Will you forgive me is a, uh, a way to add a string to an apology. My no strings attached apology is just an apology. Nothing about forgiveness. Because as soon as you ask for forgiveness, it puts an expectation on them. And an apology shouldn't require an expectation. Because as soon as you put the expectation on, now they feel like they have to do something in return. And we never want that. And again, this is my personal view on apologies. I think when you apologize, 
You pass them the ball, they have it, and they can do anything they want with it. They can walk away, but at least you did your part. Here's the ball. The ball's in your court. That's the analogy. It's a sports reference. <laughs> the ball's in your court. Now do what you will, but you've done your part. You've apologized. You've done your part, and now you can move on, and they may not want to accept your apology, and it's their choice. And the best apology is one with no strings attached. So if they choose not to accept your apology, honor that. Honor it. Because now they're carrying it around. You don't have to carry it around anymore. You did your part. So that's a good one. Thank you for sharing that. This person wrote something very similar that we already talked about, but I'm glad they reiterated it here. They didn't know they were reiterating. <laughs> but I talked about it, so that's what happened. Uh, this person said, when I learned to accept my past choices as choices I made with the knowledge I had at the time and not be upset because I know better today. And they quoted Maya Angelou saying, when you know better, you do better. And then they go on to say, I make better choices now and react to situations more appropriately because I have the knowledge now. That's really what it's all about, right? Thank you for sharing that. Yes, learning to accept your past choices as choices you made with the knowledge you had then. If you can accept that, you can move on. You can let go. Accept that you made choices. I made a lot of terrible choices. I accept that I made them. I take responsibility for making them. And there's nothing I can do about it now. So I'm going to move on. Great share there. Another person wrote, uh, let the small go. <laughs> That's going to be a bleep, <laughs> but yes, that's a good one. How much do we get wrapped up or overwhelmed with minutia? Just let it go, right? Let it go. I understand a lot of it's not easy to let go, especially if there's a lot of important things at stake, but it it is helpful. You know, if it's raining outside and you're upset, maybe it's easier to let it go. You know what? Rain, we do need rain. It's nice to let the small stuff go. So thank you for sharing that. Another person wrote, to not allow other people's feelings to become more valuable than my own. Talk about seeing your own worth. And having that realization that you are worthy is the key, or at least one of the keys to personal empowerment and happiness. Everyone's own feelings are valuable to themselves and they should honor those feelings and reflect on them and move through the world knowing that they are worthy and that their feelings and thoughts are valid. So this is a great one to remember. Don't allow other people's feelings to become more valuable than your own. That's a great comment. Next one is, if you, you might recognize this one. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Don't give up. One of the reasons I love this one is because it reminds me of, you know, Yoda. There is no try, only do or something like that. There is no, what is it? There is no try. Uh, there is a try. There is always a try. I try all the time and see what sticks. <laughs> I'm going to try this. Does it work? No, I'm going to try it again. So I actually live by that. I don't say it to myself as a mantra or anything, but it's true. I didn't succeed. I'm going to try again. I didn't succeed. Succeed. I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again a hundred times until I succeed or, and this is a philosophy I live by until I'm exhausted. I'm going to try and try again. If I really want something to work, 
I'm going to try and try until I'm exhausted or dead. And if I get exhausted, I mean, I know I threw the dead in there, but it's true. I'm going to try and try until I'm exhausted or dead. But before I die, I'm going to actually stop because I'm exhausted. And if I get exhausted, then I realize that I'm going in the wrong direction. Now, this doesn't mean I exhaust myself with everything I do because I've learned to realize when I'm trudging through mud, I'm probably going in the wrong direction. If you get into a relationship and the first two to four months are fantastic and then the fifth month feels so impossible and difficult and you can do nothing right, you might be going in the wrong direction. At least have a conversation about it. And if the conversation doesn't go well and you don't feel that equality and you feel like you're being blamed and, and made to feel like uh, you're the problem and they're not, then you're probably going in the wrong direction. That's just one example of many. You get a job and you like it for the first week, but the rest of it is a nightmare and you don't want to get up to go every morning, then you might be going in the wrong direction. A little side note there, I actually went to a job like that. I was in this job for about four years and I was getting burnt out. A lot of my people pleasing was very present back then. I was getting burnt out and I said, you know what, I'm going to quit. I said this to myself, I'm going to quit because I don't want to be here anymore. But what I didn't do and I should have done is talk to someone saying, I'm unhappy here. Something needs to change. This is one of those things, honoring yourself, um, standing up for yourself, telling yourself that you're worth standing up for and speaking up for. So here I am uh, at a job that I'm ready to quit. And I walk into the boss's office and I say, look, uh, it's been Oh, it's been great. <laughs> I forget what I said. And I am leaving. I'm going to quit. And he asked me a question I did not expect. He said, or he asked, is there anything we can do to make you stay? And that blew my mind. I thought, wait, uh, I have options. <laughs> There's an option that uh, could change my position in some way or make me happier in some way or make me more comfortable. I, I didn't even know that existed, but I had already committed and I just said, no, 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 there's, there's nothing that you can say. I'm ready to go. But that has stuck with me ever since. And I realized I didn't even ask for what I wanted. I was overwhelmed. I was stressed. I had no resource or little resources. I had little help. And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just went with that. I don't want to do this anymore. What I should have done is said, look, I'm overwhelmed here. You need to help. You need to help. Otherwise, I'm going to be dissatisfied coming to work every day and I won't want to come back. So let's fix this. But I didn't have the courage to say that because I didn't want to face the consequences. And thinking about it now, what are the consequences? I was going to quit anyway. What could have happened if I just asked for what I wanted? I don't know how I got there, but it started with, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again. Don't give up. Thank you for sharing that one. Uh, I've got a few more here. To forgive and let karma do the rest. Ooh, that's a good one. I actually am a fan of karma. Don't know if it exists, but I like to think it does. Because when somebody cuts me off in traffic, I like to think they're going to get caught up the road or roll into a ditch and, you know, live and be okay. But just have their day ruined like mine almost was i like to think that karma catches up to people 
that uh, do me wrong or do others wrong. I like to think that because if I don't, if I don't think that karma is going to take care of it, I'm going to hold on to a lot of stuff. Talk about letting go, right? So, like I said, I don't know if karma exists. I don't know if there's some universal law out there that comes into play when somebody does something wrong. I don't know if it's God, you know, kind of evening things out. I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't. I don't know. So I want to believe that something happens to people that do bad things. So I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. Next one is, we've already gone over that, so I'm going to skip some of these because they're repeating. Thank you all for sharing these, by the way. I read each and every one of them on Facebook, and I'm very grateful that you shared all these. This next one is choosing to be happy. This person said, happiness is a choice. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Happiness is a choice. And I know people are listening right now saying, I wish I could choose that. I wish I could. I wish to be that way. I wish I could be happy, but I can't. Circumstances dictate that I can't be happy. And I'll agree, you know, sometimes there are circumstances that dictate that we won't be able to be happy. And um, sometimes there's nothing we can do about that. We, we have this feeling in these thoughts from this loss or something in our life. And when that's there and we can't fully heal from it, we may not be able to fully achieve the level of peace, comfort, and maybe happiness that we want to achieve. But hopefully we get to a point where uh, it's good enough. And it just sounds so, I don't know, unempowering when I say that, disempowering when I say that, to get to a place that's good enough. But sometimes life's, life throws you so many curveballs or the biggest curveball you can't avoid and there's nothing you can do about it. So you got to do your best. But that's the good thing is that we can choose to do our best. We can choose to walk toward more peace, more comfort, more happiness, whatever you want, whatever it is for you. For me, I like being happy, but it's not always about finding happiness. It's sometimes just about being comfortable and sometimes just about avoiding pain and just relaxing. <laughs> sometimes it's just sitting out in nature. Sometimes it's just being mind-numbingly entertained in front of the TV. Just depends on my mood and where I where I feel like I am. And uh, you know, sometimes of course it's just talking with somebody I care about. So you you seek these different levels of peace, comfort, or happiness, or whatever it is for you, and always move in that direction. At least try. Because sometimes life is more challenging than it should be or we want it to be. And it would be great if we definitely made it a choice to move in that happier direction, more positive direction, even when things are bleak. And I know it can be tough. Keep listening. <laughs> Listen to the back episodes of this show. I do have an episode I called, What's the Point of, what is it? meaning what's the meaning of life without joy and happiness something like that if you go to the overwhelmedbrain.com just type the word joy in the search field or meaning in the search field and that can maybe help you out as well next one is learning to have my own back look at that one that's very much in the line in alignment with standing up for yourself but more toward some people won't stand up for you and sometimes you're the only one that can make things right 
make your life right, make someone else's life right, or at least go in a better direction. Learning to have your own back. If you don't have someone else to do that, you might have to do it yourself. And that's when you have to reach in and really pull some of that power out because you have it. It's hard to get to sometimes and it's hard to find, but I guarantee you have it. Even if you don't know what I mean, fight or flight works pretty darn good. <laughs> when we get into fight or flight or freeze and all these other verbs we sometimes put on it, when we get into that mode, boy, we become laser focused and just do what we need to do. And hopefully what we need to do is something to make our lives better, protect ourselves, protect somebody that we love. Because I've seen this over and over again, including in my own life, when you are struck down so many times, when you are pushed down, uh, pushed away, when you are ignored, neglected, eventually you can't take it anymore. Eventually you've had enough. I call it when you reach your threshold. Eventually you will reach a threshold and you will say, stop, that's it. I've had enough. And then you won't care what happens to you because you've had enough. We all have that threshold. It's in there. And I, I call that power. That is in there. It is in you. I hope you don't have to reach the bottom to get there, but it's in there. So if you doubt that you have it, I'm telling you right now, it's in there. And I don't want to have to um, have you access it the way I've had to access it, which is being pushed to the limit. But if you can remember it's in there, then you can do all the things that we're talking about now. So thanks for sharing that. This person wrote, eat less carbs and exercise more. <laughs> you are a show off. <laughs> I don't have that um, in me to eat less carbs and exercise more. I try to stay moving, but that is very good advice. And if you're doing it, you are better than me. <laughs> At least physically right there. You are already ahead of me. Thanks for sharing that. That's very good advice and very practical advice. So thank you for sharing that. Next one said not to stay in a dead marriage, just to stay. You can't force people to change. They have to want to do it for themselves. Totally spot on. I 100% agree. If the marriage is dead, if you've tried and tried and tried, there is a point where you do have to give up. I'm going against what the other person said now. <laughs> try and try again. Don't give up. There is a point where giving up is the right choice. Sometimes you're in a situation where it's not going to work. And you've probably heard me talk about this before. If you've been listening a while, there's a trend line in every relationship. Is that trend line uh, going up and to the right, telling you that it's getting more profitable all the time, like a business meeting, you're looking at this trend line, uh, or is it steady with its ups and downs? And is that steady trend healthy and good? And uh, if that's okay, if you're okay with that trend, that's not a dead marriage, that's not a dead relationship. But what if it's um, really high up and down? Like what if it goes up and then it stays down for a long time and then it goes up and then it stays down for a long time? Or if it's going down to the right? That's how I look at things is that how has it been? Because how it's been will be how it will be. If the trend line has been down and steady, it will be down and steady. 
if it has been going down and to the right, it will continue going down and to the right. So you just have to take that factor or factor that in so you understand what you're going to expect tomorrow. Because that's how we predict the future, even though the, the future is not predictable. Some of it, it might be, but the you know sun rises tomorrow. But let's just say that this is how we predict the future in our relationships. If the trend line has been down and steady or going down and to the right, that's what you're going to get. And if you're wrong, great. Things can change, but you just have to go with what you've seen already. So thank you for sharing that. Next one is um, the one thing that changed this person's life for the better is the lessons in chapter five of A New Earth, The Pain Body. I believe you're talking about Eckhart Tolle's book. I think I read the audiobook or listened to the audiobook on that. And it's been so long, I forget what he said about the pain body. But um, if you have never heard of Eckhart Tolle, I personally like him. Some people don't. Some people think he's not the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I actually like him. I like to, or at least I used to listen to him all the time because he's very meditative and he's very wise and he's all about the present moment and he he knows how to get you there. So I, I do remember that book being very good. So that's a great suggestion. Thank you for sharing that. That's uh, It changed your life. I, I'm curious <laughs> what changed your life about that. You'll have to update me. The next one is, um, they wrote some stuff that I've already said, but I'm going to read the very last uh, comment here. It was, control is the opposite of love. Control is the opposite of love because if you love someone, what do you do? You set them free. And if they come back, you know, the whole whole saying, if you set them free, if they come back, they loved you. If they didn't, they never did. But that's not always true either. Actually, I just realized now <laughs> that's not always true. If they don't come back, they never did. That's actually pretty awful. <laughs> I never thought of it. But if you set someone free, that doesn't mean if they don't come back, they never loved you. It just means they've moved on. <laughs> it just means they, they may have never loved you. But that's, oh, wow, you just open up a can of worms there. I never thought about this. But uh, <laughs> if you set them free and they come back, that is um, the opposite of control, right? That's where I'm going with this. Let's just keep it there. We won't entertain the idea that if they don't come back, they never loved you. That's just not true. It's not always true. I've set people free and they've not come back. That's even not a good way to put it, setting them free. But it's the opposite of control, right? I'm not even going to visit that anymore. That is just something I'm going to have to think about. Come back to another show on. Thank you for sharing that. You've really opened up Pandora's box there. Uh, <laughs> this person wrote, realizing that not everyone is your cup of tea and you're not theirs. People can be very evil and very good. Not to judge a book by its cover and that I'm good enough and life is a stage, not a battlefield. You know, whole kinds of all kinds of things in here. And praying is a daily ritual, not a please help me, I'm in trouble. Wow, this is a really good comment here. So thank you for sharing all that. Realizing that not everyone is your cup of tea and you're not theirs. Where's the codependence? It's not there. When you realize that somebody may not like you or may not vibe with you, they may not synchronize with you, you may not be on the same wavelength. When you realize that we're all different, and we're not all going to agree on everything. We're not all going to like each other. 
we take a huge step forward, a huge evolution in our emotional intelligence, in my opinion. I think when we can look at someone and say, ha, they don't like me. I guess I'll move on. I'll, I'll leave them alone and be okay with it. That is a huge step forward in emotional intelligence. I don't always do that very well. <laughs> I teach about this stuff, but I don't always do that very well. Why don't they like me? That's my first go-to. Why don't they like me? What do they do? I, I really want to know. <laughs> I don't pursue it, but it does like uh, pick at my brain. It just sits up there and makes me wonder. I wonder why they didn't like me. But I have come to a place where it's a lot um, easier on my psyche and my emotional state if I don't ponder and ruminate on it. Hmm, they don't like me. Guess I'll move on. So it's a healthier place to be. That's a great comment. Thank you for sharing all that. That made me think too. Uh, the next one is, Life is seasonal. Everyone and everything is temporary. Accepting this fact is the key to managing the changes in your life because nothing lasts forever. I put a little ominous tone at the, at the end, but what do I say? Life is seasonal. Everything is a change. Once I got used to things changing, life did become easier even though it's hard when changes happen. They said that accepting this fact is the key to managing the changes in your life because nothing lasts forever. And that's a very sad thought. At the same time, if you can accept it, that nothing lasts forever, you can really enjoy what you have today. You can really enjoy the time you have with what you have today. Because that's how I view things. This is my perspective about that. Instead of nothing lasts forever, I'm going to take all the time I can with the people and the things in my life today, everything in my life, I'm going to take time with. I know that it's precious. I know that it could change in an instant. In fact, I think it helped me going through the suffering. Let's talk about suffering again. It helped me going through the suffering of losing good relationships in my life. I destroyed many good relationships in my life because of how I used to be. And so losing good people with good hearts that could have made me happy and I could have made them happy had I made different decisions, but we could have had a great life together. And I went through several, four or five really good, strong relationships that could have been strong. But because of my decisions and my actions, they left me so I had to adapt to the idea of loss or the fact of loss because I experienced loss after loss after loss with these people that I thought I was they were going to be in my life permanently. But the, those losses really helped me grasp the concept that change is just inevitable. Change is inevitable. And what that did for my current relationship, which I believe will be my last one, that's why I believed every time, but I believe this will be my last one. But what it did is it caused me to stop focusing on what could happen and start focusing on what is happening today and now. It's present moment thinking. And when I realized that change is inevitable, then damn it, I'm going to enjoy what I have today. Because I remember um, my partner, she said, a long time ago, maybe like seven or eight years ago, right after we met, a couple of years after we met, I think, she said, you know, you went through 
so many breakups. What makes you think that this is going to last? It was a, another ominous way to look at things. What makes you think that this relationship's going to last? Don't you just have this underlying fear that we're going to break up just like you have broken up with other people in the past? Doesn't that thought just continue to roll around in your mind? And I said, uh, it could, absolutely. We could break up. This relationship could fail. But I don't think about that because I learned to embrace what I have today. And if it does fail, then I, I know that I put all my effort into it. I invested all of myself into it. So if it does happen to change or end, at least I was there. I was present. I was with you. And I was fully into it. I was all in. And that's my viewpoint today. That's my philosophy. That's how I live. Is I'm all in. I'm here. I'm now. Because yes, it could end. It sucks. I don't want it to. But it could. And because of that, I mean, not only, that's not the only reason I'm doing this. But that's one possibility. That's one possible outcome of this relationship. So I'm going to put all of myself in and love you and care about you and care for you as much as I can, as much as you'll let me and just be totally present with you. And that has changed my entire perception. So this is how I live. I do it because I know it could change. So I want to enjoy it all I can while I got it because what I got is great and I don't want to let a moment go by thinking about some future that may or may not ever exist. That's what causes anxiety. So that's why I do it. Now, we're running low on time, so I'm going to finish with one more, which I think is a great way to finish this. Again, thank you for everyone in the Facebook group for writing all these, and I'm sorry if I didn't read yours, but uh, I'm so glad that you contributed to this episode, to this thread and Facebook and such. The last one is, I've learned that I matter. I'm good enough. In fact, I might be overqualified. <laughs> that's my favorite right there because talk about a perfect way to validate yourself self-validation and I'm just going to say this there is nothing wrong with vanity when it comes to self-validation let me leave it with that nothing wrong with vanity when it comes to self-validation because you are worthy you are significant you are important you are lovable and uh, never let anyone make you think otherwise of yourself. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate you. And thanks for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank the patrons of the week. Heather, Brad, Ashley, Stephen, Paige, Brian, and Winnie. Very grateful for your financial support. I read new names every week. And uh, anyone that supports the show financially, I, I give them an extra special thanks on the show. And I am very, very grateful for all of you. And if you value this show and you want to give back, head over to moretob.com and there are options to do that. Thank you again, patrons. I appreciate you too. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, visit loveandabuse.com. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, I have a robust, very effective program called healedbeing.com that will help you with that. And thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And to end the show, my final thoughts, I'm going to add one more, one more answer to that question. One thing that you learned that changed your life for the better. And for me, 
It was expressing myself, expressing the deeper stuff going on inside of me, admitting the deeper stuff going on inside of me, admitting my guilt, my shame, my fears, my embarrassments. I've been doing the show for 10 years and you've heard probably, I would say 99% of what has gone on in my life. I hope that's not boring to you, but it has been healing for me. And I hope it has opened the door for you to be able to express yourself if you haven't been able to do that. Because if I can come on the air and be vulnerable to the world, who can you be vulnerable to? Name one person. And if you don't have that one person, find them. Because it is so helpful to just get it off your chest and express freely. Because once you're able to get it out, it no longer resides in your system and it's no longer repressed. You know, I'm talking about the problems and the old stuff that has happened to us. And I'm not saying you have to talk about everything that's ever happened to you. I don't do that. I don't talk about everything that's ever happened to me or every thought I've had. Some things are sacred. Some things are mine. Some things will stay mine. And um, maybe someday a computer will extract them from my bones <laughs> in the future. I hope not, but that could happen. But let's just stick to this concept of being able to express what's going on inside of you so that you don't have to hold on to it. So if you're holding on to any negativity, anything that really bothers you, it does help to get it out. And if you have someone that you trust that you can speak to, that is a good way to do it. Or maybe just writing about it. Some people have told me they're able to release a lot by writing about it. And another thing that I've done many times is visualize the person I want to talk to yell at, beat up in my mind and do anything I want, say anything I want just to get it out of my system. It's a visualization process that helps you connect with that deeper stuff inside you just to pull it out and give it a, a voice and give it some freedom, give it some air. And sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes you need more. Sometimes you need a lot more. <laughs> sometimes you just have to have somebody that will listen to you. And sometimes that's all it takes. No matter what, always keep an open mind because that's how you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing. <laughs>